Hey there, Rachel Wilson here, your pediatric sleep consultant. Welcome to my bite-sized podcast to help guide, inform, and help you deal with your child's sleep from newborn to four years old. Sleep strategies, interviews, and informed information to give you the confidence to help your child form happy and healthy sleep habits and parenting skills for yourself. Let's get into it. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's podcast. I hope you're all having a great week and this week I'm going to talk to you about sleep at eight months old and what sort of sleep schedules you might be looking at. So during this period your baby is going to be going through a lot of changes. You're really getting into a big more robust baby. You've definitely left those newborn months behind you and the baby baby days And at eight months, there's going to be a lot of new things introduced to your baby, like different foods, textures, flavors, amounts. Physical development will also be progressing in leaps and bounds, quite literally. And sleep will have changed quite a lot from when your child was six months old. You may have already noticed that sleep is changing a lot from when your baby was six months old. So today I'm going to talk you through what is going on with your little eight month old. I'm going to talk to you about a couple of different suggested schedules that might fit your baby and your family life. But always remember, any schedules I talk about on this podcast or any other podcast, they are just suggestions. They might not work for your baby. They might not work work for you. Every child is different, every family is different, and um, so it's, it's just my suggestions, a guide, something you can try out. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. You can try something else. So, first of all, um, sleep needs around eight months old. Well, we're going to be looking at about two and a half to three hours of daytime sleep. Now, Usually between seven and nine months, babies are going to be transitioning from three naps down to two naps. Some babies will have already dropped that third nap. Some drop it really early, around six months. And some babies hang on for dear life to that third nap at the end of the day until potentially nine months, maybe a little bit, a little bit more. If they're not taking great naps in the daytime, or they have got very erratic and disruptive night sleep, they probably will still be on three naps a day. Usually, if everything else is sort of aligning and you've got a pretty good sleeper going on there, you will be able to sort of start transitioning down to two naps a day. Now, if they're still taking three and bedtime is becoming a little bit tricky, it might be that that third nap needs to be capped to just maybe 10 or 15 minutes as a slow transition to dropping it completely. Um, Nighttime sleep, you're going to be looking for about 11 to 12 hours. Yep, it can happen. 11 to 12 hours of sleep at nighttime. Now, my experience has been a lot of babies tend to um, drop night feeds around the age of eight to 10 months. Now, that is not to say that your child should be dropping their night feeds. This is entirely dependent on on their development, uh, what calories and food they're taking in during the day, and how you're feeling about this as well. If you're very happy and it's working to be up feeding baby twice in the night, then absolutely keep going with it. I'm not here to tell you to stop feeding your baby in the night at all. I'm just saying what's possible and what might happen. 
Um, obviously, if they're going to be sleeping 11 to 12 hours at night time, that's obviously going to include a wake or two for those feeds. Developmentally, um, your baby is going to be taking three meals a day by now. They're going to be enjoying breakfast, lunch and dinner and uh, no more purees now. We're going to be giving them proper food, chopped up with knives and forks, maybe mashed a little bit. Um, finger food will be absolutely great. We really want to ensure that they're getting lots of uh, different textures um, and different foods at, by this age because it's all going to help with the oral development and we don't want to have a fussy a fussy eater on our hands so make sure you have a, you're offering a really good varied diet for your little eight month old um now another thing that's going to be happening around now it's quite a it's quite a big leap and it can be quite tricky to navigate Aside of that physical development where they're going to be sitting up unaided and rolling around and rocking on all fours, crawling this way, that way, under the sofa and under the bed and trying to master the stairs and pulling up and maybe even attempting to cruise around the furniture a little bit. The pincer grip will be forming and they'll be feeding themselves. We also have the separation anxiety kicking in now that can start kicking in around nine months but some babies experience it a little bit earlier some a little bit later and it can be quite a daunting uh, a daunting time for you a daunting progression for you and um, it's all to do with separation anxiety and object permanence now this means when you are out of sight your baby will really think that you have disappeared and you're not coming back. So one, it might just come from one day to the next. One day you can be absolutely fine and you're able to quickly make a quick cup of tea in the kitchen and race back and baby won't have even noticed that you've gone. And then suddenly the next day they are bawling their eyes out because they can't see you anywhere. It can happen as quick as that. Ensure you're gonna be playing lots of peekaboo games with your baby hiding behind hands hiding them behind hands behind your furniture out of the room and extending the time you hide for but obviously always come back and be fun and upbeat your baby will love this game possibly giggle intensely as mine did when you pop out again i think it's the most funniest thing in the world um they may start to squeak or cry a little bit so just make sure that you give them your attention and you really work on this, you know, peekaboo games and being out of the room and extending the time that you're out of the room just for five seconds, 10 seconds, a couple of minutes. And it's, you know, try this every single day. I'm going to put a link in the show notes for you to read my blog all about separation, anxiety and object permanence. And there's a few other tips in there as well. Now, your baby will be able to recognize familiar faces now. Um, they'll be able to recognize you, mummy, and your other and your partner. They'll be able to make mama and dada sounds. Uh, when you call your baby's name, he may even turn his head to see where the sound is coming from, which is quite exciting. You'll definitely need to have that house of yours properly baby-proofed. So get those pot plants, plant pots plant pots I think it is <laughs> pot plants plant pots up off the floor you might want to look at some safety locks on the cupboards make sure the drawers have got safety locks on them and stair gates as well um 
you can get uh, little um, foam covers that go over the doors so they're not able to close properly to protect little fingers um, they're easily purchased on Amazon. Teething as ever teething will continue it may disrupt sleep a little bit here and there but if you're finding that sleep is being disrupted it's changed a little from your child's usual patterns for more than let's say three to five nights then it's probably going to be something else than teething. Teething gets the blame for a lot of sleep issues and sleep challenges. After about three to five days, usually the tooth has erupted by this point. Um, so, you know, if you are experiencing more sleep challenges at night time, you know, past three to five days, it's most likely to be something else that's going on. Could be this eight to 10 month sleep regression. So there's so many things that are happening at this age, you know, with the transition down to two naps, a lot more food, um, a lot more awareness of what's going on, that separation anxiety is kicking in, and of course teething thrown in there as well. There's so much that your baby is, is soaking up around this age. It's no wonder that you know sleeping peacefully might be a little harder at this age. So what should your baby's sleep schedule potentially look like at this age? Well, um, as I mentioned before, I'm going to talk about some suggested schedules. They are not gospel. Don't feel that you have to, you know, wake up tomorrow and get into this schedule. It's just a suggestion. What feels right for your baby and for you? Getting the daytime nap schedule is one part of the puzzle to getting great sleep achieved at nighttime. Um, so if you can really sort of get into a rhythm of those naps in the daytime with the awake windows so i would always be recommending about two and a half hours wake time from waking up in the morning then going down for their first nap and then having approximately three hours wake time before their second nap and then you'll be looking at about three and a half hours of wake time before bedtime now Assuming your baby is taking fabulous naps and you are on two naps, um, that will absolutely be fine. You'll have three and a half hours at the end of the day. But if your little one is still on three naps a day, that's their body saying, I'm not able to stay awake for three and a half hours before bedtime. I'm going to need a shorter wake window. So I'm usually sort of advising around two and a half hours of wake time after the end of that third nap of the day. So if your little one is on a two nap schedule, uh, my favorite schedule that I recommend is a short nap, long nap approach. So let's go for the, for the dream of waking up at 7am, the dream time of starting your day. If your baby's waking around 7am in the morning, we're going to aim for that first nap at about half past nine in the morning. And I would recommend to wake your baby, yes, wake your baby, um, at 30 minutes. Give them 30 minutes sleep. And that can often protect the lunchtime nap. Many babies, this works perfectly for them. It's just a dream. If your little one is used to having an hour and an hour and a half in the morning, suddenly waking them at 30 minutes can be a bit of a shock to the system. And it can it, it can really sort of throw their circadian rhythm out of sorts and then you might have problems for the you know for the second nap 
and a really grumpy, tired child on your hands as well. So if you are looking to really reduce that morning nap to 30 minutes, do so slowly. Reduce it by sort of 10, 15 minutes every few days. Don't do it gung-ho completely unless you are very confident that your child is not so sensitive to sleep. Now, after they've had that half an hour nap in the morning, um, aim for about two and a half to three hour wake window. So getting them down for their lunchtime nap around 12.30, one o'clock. And in a wonderful world, we're aiming for two hours of blissful sleep. Um, It does happen. It doesn't mean that you because I'm saying two hours that your child has to do two hours and if they wake after an hour and 15 it's all gone pear-shaped and all gone wrong an hour and 15 is still great it's still a win I would say try and aim for an hour and a half an hour and a half is a win if they can make it to two hours it's a bonus win and then you're looking for bedtime about three and a half hours after that wake time Now, the other option on a two-nap schedule is to have the long nap, long nap approach. So again, we have a 7 a.m. wake up. Aim for the first nap around half past nine in the morning for an hour. And then you can have about a three-hour awake window before the second nap, lunchtime, which will be at about half past one in the afternoon. And aim for about an hour and a half sleep. Now, as I said... um, you know, these schedules vary from baby to baby. Some babies who are having a longer nap in the morning, it still totally works for them to have a long nap at lunchtime. You know, having a long nap in the morning doesn't inhibit their ability to sleep a long time in the morning. Some babies it does. It really reduces that sleep pressure hormone adenosine. And by giving them an hour or an hour and a half nap in the morning, you might only get half an hour, 40 minutes out of them at lunchtime. Then you have to do the third nap and you have an over, or if you don't get that third nap in, you have a very overtired, grumpy baby on your hands. And that's obviously got um, other challenges in itself. And then after they've woken from that hour and a half nap in the afternoon, again, aim for about three and a half hour wake time before they go to bed in the evening. Um, I will put the show notes, as I said, uh, the link in the show notes, so you can access um, some schedules on paper, so you can see all these numbers. Uh, Me speaking these numbers in your ear when you're on the go, you might not remember them or have a pen and paper to hand. So I'll definitely put the link in there for you. You can click on that. You'll be able to see the suggested schedules. There's a couple of others in there as well. Um, You know, if you have a baby who's waking at 6.30 in the morning, perhaps, and you want to do a short nap and a long nap, your first nap is going to be at 9am and your second nap is going to be closer to 12.30. Of course, you're going to have an earlier bedtime, probably around 6.30pm in the evening. If you do need to pop in that third nap, in most of these schedules that I'm talking about, it's going to be around 4.35pm-ish. It's usually about two hours after they've woken from their lunchtime nap. And of course, that's going to push bedtime later. And it does work for a lot of families because one parent might still be at work and not come home um, until much later. And it gives you all a chance to have some family time before your little one goes to bed. If you're struggling with that third nap, a few reasons it can happen uh, why it might be happening obviously you know your baby is in this window of dropping that third nap developmentally <clears throat> they could be ready to drop that third nap 
The body is saying, I don't need this, I can stay awake longer, and you have to respect that. Another reason is that that third nap of the day is completely out with a biological sleep window. Those sleep windows are between 9 and 10 in the morning, and 12 and 2 at lunchtime, and then from 7pm onwards. And that's when the body takes a natural dip, a natural lull, and the body's saying, okay, I'm ready for sleep now. Now, around 5 p.m. in the afternoon, yes, your baby might be tired. We're all tired at about 5 p.m. in the afternoon, but it's really tricky to get that nap in. So I always advise and recommend to have a motion nap, a cuddle nap, some sort of assisted nap to help your baby just drop off. If you're sleep training and you're trying to move away from helping your baby fall asleep, don't worry about it at this time of the day. At the end of the day, so to speak, it's more important for your baby just to get that nap in if they're still needing it because they've had rubbish naps for the day, they're not quite ready to drop it. It's still important just to get that nap in, even if it's only just for 10 minutes or so, 10, 15 minutes, wake them up and get on with the rest of the evening. Don't stress too much about it. It is a really tricky nap to achieve. So there we have it. Mini podcast this week, all about eight months sleep and development. A little bit about the development. Of course, there's a heap more that's going on. But I um, I hope this has given you some helpful hints and tips to your eight-month-old sleep. And I will catch you next week on next week's podcast. I'll see you all later. Take care. Bye. I hope you've enjoyed today's show. Please see the show notes for all the links mentioned and don't forget to subscribe, share, rate and review and come follow me over on Facebook and Instagram. If you have a topic you would like me to cover, drop me an email at rachel at rachelwilsonsleepconsultant.com. See you next time.